0: is Hei, we are holding at the bottom of Chaf Ahmed Days. Dez. Amrav three lines from the bottom. Person, uh, the Evid already had, was blind, but he did have an eyeball in. What the question is going to be is if the Adon gouges out his eyeball, so really what's been is more of a domestic, it's more of a, um, what's the word? Uh, a st- a cosmetic, it's more of a cosmetic form of danger, but now he had an eyeball, but now the eye, so now he's left with a gaping hole. So there was and the master gouged it out. So Eved said, that is considered to be enough under the under the of Shane that the Evid will go free. My timer. Because Machusa Ever who? Because you have made him now missing a limb. So what, what, what Roshesh says, it's still considered to have functionality if it is in the eye socket, because for cosmetic purpose, at least it serves a purpose. Now that you've removed the eyeball, that deficiency is enough to go out for Shane Vaiin. A tana tuna. Now, Tana tuna means that this concept is supported by the bryce. We're going to show that there that the removal of a limb completely is in and of itself considered worse than even sometimes causing the loss of function. function. So, as Follows Tana tuna. says like this: the uh, this is a a a a, a bryce that is quoted in uh, Masecha Zvachem. The Bryce is discussing that by a Korban Ola, the Torah is that it should be male, and it has to be tam, means it has to be unblemished. We don't find that by the laws of Ofos, by the laws of birds, for the Korban Ola. Their gender doesn't matter. And also, what's considered to be a mum for an Ola, is not considered to be a mum for an oaf, all right? So therefore, Thomas is that the fact that it has to be unblemished and male is only a din in behem, but ain't Thomas be Let's bring a right Sukim, Yachol, Yavshagapa. You might think if the wing has atrophied, or niktaragla, or the uh, its leg has been chopped off, or niktatarena, or its eye has been gouged out, that also would not be considered to be a blemish by a bird, Talmud Lomar, the Pazuk says that it says mina of, that you take from the birds, you can bring a carbonola, but not every bird can be brought as a carbonola. call off, because what's being excluded, what's being excluded is where the limb is completely missing. Where the limb is completely missing, even by birds, that's considered to be a blemish. So you see the point it's making over here is that removal of a limb, or gouging out of the eye is worse, is considered to be a problem, even if, uh, let's say, it, 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 the, uh, the, uh, being blind itself might not be problematic, but removing of the eyeball, that is considered to be problematic. Let's go back to it. Am Rab. barashi Sometimes this happens that a baby is born with an 11th finger, right? So you have an extra finger. So if this Eved had the extra finger, and it's the extra finger that was cut off by the Odom, that is still considered to be one of the Rosh Evarim that the Eved would go out. Because you could say, maybe it's only from the 10, but the 11th one doesn't make, that's not, no. That is considered to be violation of the din of Roshe varim, and Knani would go free. But there is a caveat. It has to be that that uh, additional finger is in the order of the fingers, meaning now you can count to 11, it means it comes out on a part of the hand that it looks like it's in the row of the other fingers. But let's say you had an, an uh, extra finger that grew out of the middle of his palm. Right? That would not be a din of shain va'ayin if the other cut it off. It's only if it's in the order in the row. It's got like six fingers on one hand, but it's like they're all in the row of where the fingers should be. Then it has a din of shain va'ayin. Let's go back to Sabe de the elders of Nesunya. Lo They did not show up at the Shirochista. That's considered to be a huge affront. If you have, I'm not sure if the case was uh, Ravuna Huna, was, uh, Rav Chista was visiting their city or they visit his city, but not showing up at the she'er of the Rosh Hashiva is considered to be uh, a, a, a lack of Kovat Torah. all right? So Amar Leila Rav Hamluna, so Rav Chista was insulted and he went and told Rav Hamluna, Zil go and put them in cheiru, go and excommunicate them. So Azal, so Rav Hamluna went, and Amrullahu, my time, what was your justification that you guys did not show up at the shir? So Amrullah, Amai he said, why should we come? Mine Milso, We've asked Rav Chista uh, questions, and he doesn't respond. So what, what's the purpose of going to a shir where the Rebbe is not responding to your questions? So it, it, it could be what they're actually saying is that we think from the fact that he can't answer our questions, that therefore we're on a higher learning level maybe than he is in learning, and therefore why should we be going? That could be maybe what they're saying. So I'm a luhu. So that would make sense in terms of his response to them. He said, listen, I'm a Talmud of Rav Chista. Have you guys ever asked me a question that I haven't been able to answer? So I guess what he's trying to say is, he says that the fact that I answer all your questions, so he should be able. he's able to answer your question. And the fact that he doesn't address a question, it must be that he holds at the questions you're asking. are not, not good questions. They're not because he doesn't have the knowledge base to answer them. So he says, have you ever asked anything of me? And I have not responded to you. So I said foreign so they said, you know what? We'll give you a test. So Bami they asked him the following shaira. Evid Shasirsa Rabo bebeim Mahu, that if a Eved emasculated his uh, I mean a master emasculated the Eved, specifically that he castrated him, cut off his uh, testicles, Mahu, what's that locha? Kamum Shbagoli Damli O Lo. So is that considered to be an external blemish or not? Rash explains that because since the, 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 the testicles are contained within the scrotum, they're not, they could be uh, uh, viewed as something that is not external. And the dinner of the 24 Roshah uh, Evarim have to be things that are visible and external. So maybe since these are considered, they're considered more internal organs then they're considered external. Or the other hand is it's true that they might not be external per se, but since their form is seen through the scrotum itself, that would, on the other hand, be maybe considered external. So that was the Shaila that they asked him, and lo and he could not respond. He did not have an answer. So amaloi mashmech, so they said to him, what is your name? So amalohu hamluna, he said, my name is Hamnuna. So I'm going to say, don't call yourself Hamluna, call yourself Karnuna. So it's interesting, uh, two different uh, interpretations. Raji says, we say, you know, by the seal that you make, uh, uh, that we thank Hashem that it made us from the Yoshe Beisa Medrash, that we'd be able to sit in the Beis Medrash, below Yoshe Kronos, and not those who sit in the bars. That We don't sit around in bars and, 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 and waste our time. So they said, don't call yourself Hamnuna, call yourself Karnuna, Karnuna, Kronos. You're, 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 you seem to be a guy that, that, that hangs out of the bars because you can't even ask, answer our questions. That's Rarashi learns. The, uh, Taisus brings down from the Rabbeinu Hanano, he learns that we you know He and Ches are interchangeable. So Nuna is a fish. So he says, don't call yourself hamnuna like your hot fish. You should be calling yourself karnuna that you're really cold fish. That's, uh, that's, all right. So, Rav Ham Nuna came to so, his so, Rebbe Rabchista and he said, there's a question they asked me. So, Amar Luhu, Mas Nisa He says, what they're actually asking you is an explicit brisa, the answer to their question is is, uh, the ev- the master cutting off the beitzim of the evad considered to be a mum that he goes free with or not uh, uh, one of the, so that is really a, 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 the answer is contained within the following brysa the, uh, the snot because we have a mishnah right so we're gonna bring a mishnah and then we're gonna bring a brysa and in the brysa that explains the mishnah we're going to see the answer to what they were asking it says esim adam he says that the 24 tips of the or, uh, of, of the limbs of a person, right, Kulan one of the types of negoyim, of the types of tzarahs, is called a michyo. And the, the law of a mechio is that the Kohen who comes to uh, inspect as to whether the mechio is one of those that would make the person tome, he has to be able to see the entire mixhyo from one perspective. He doesn't have to like look around from different sides. He has to be able to see it. The problem is is that if the michya is on the top of one of the uh, uh, of one of these 24 limbs, then it slopes down on both sides. He can't see it all from one vantage point. And therefore it does not have a din of a nega. That's what the, the, the Mishnah is referring to. He says Kulam Aimatam Mishom Michyo and what are the 24 tips of the limbs that it's referring to? So it says, It's the tips of the fingers and toes, which gives me how many? Tips of uh, 20. 20, okay. The tips of the ears, which is another 2, which is 22. The tip of the nose, which is 23. The Roshah and the tip of the male organ, which gives you number 24. So those are 24, that if there's a mechia on them, they are not Metamin. Now, Rosha D'adim Shm'i'isha, by a woman, she has the tips of both of breasts, the nipples on both breasts. Also, those tips are considered to be Roshah, they, they protrude. And therefore, if, 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 if there's a mechia on them, it's not considered to be Metamin. Rabbi Yehuda, he says that the nipples of a man also have the same status by uh, as a woman a Raji says hold since it doesn't slope as much so by a man Maybe it's not. not considered to be a, a a protruded area that and and the me would actually be Matama by a man now that's the Mishnah. From that Mishnah, we don't really see anything bear concerning what we're asking. the uh, 24. If you take out the male member you have the So it means 24 t- by a man. I I mean, 24 by is 100. by a man. By a woman would be 25. All right. Okay. 24 is by a man. law, the Kulam, Eved The Brisa adds in the following information. That all those 24 that were listed Legabe, the Gabe, the are also... That those that an evid would go free if the master cuts them, cut uh, severs them, or cuts them off. Rebbe Omer Afasirus. Rebbe threw threw in afsirus, even emasculation, right? Ben Azay Omer Afalashon. He says included. He also includes the tongue. All right. Now Amar Mar. Now let's. The master just quoted that Rebbe added to the list. Of the 24 that were listed by Nagoyim, he added cirrus. Now cirrus means emasculation, and we have to clarify. Emasculation could either mean cutting off of the male member, or it could be cutting or, or cutting the testicles. So what does Rebbe refer to when he says Afa cirrus? So Amar Rebbe, Afa Cirrus. cirrus demai, what type of cirrus is Rebbe referring to? now if he's talking about cutting the male member that can't be what Rebbe's referring to because those were already included in the 24 right so therefore Rebbe would then be adding something that's already there so obviously what is Rebbe referring to so therefore Haim that's referring to the Gvir that's the male member it must be talking about the emasculation that he's referring to is the cutting of the testicles now right there Rashi points out so therefore you see that there is a machlokas between Rebbe and the Tana of the Brisa that brought before that did not include Sirus as to whether Sirus of the Beit Sim is considered one of the things that an evan goes out for, which was the Shila that these, uh, uh, the, the, the Chachmei uh, Nuzunyo had asked of Reb Okay, now. <clears throat> so it says like this. Now, Rebbe Omer Afasirus. So it says like this: the fact that Rebbe said Afasirus, he counts uh, castration emasculation, as one of the forms that never goes free. And then after him comes Rabbi Lozer. Who was it, Rabbi Lozer? Confused here. Afasirus. Who was the one who came after Rebbe? I think it was Rabbi Lozer. Um, uh, uh, Rebbe Ulmer, Ben I'm sorry, Ben Azai. Where did start? I'm sure. Where, Where did we start? Bottom start. of Povdalod. Bottom of Okay. Now, Ben Azai came along and said, Afalashon, he included the tongue. Now what the Gemara says, is just a simple uh, process of elimination, if Rebbe says, I'm including even emasculation, and Ben Azai comes along and says, well, I'm, in, 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 seems to be adding to the list. Tongue, that implies that Rebbe does not hold that the tongue is one of the forms that the evad would go free with. That's the point that's being made. So much said the Rebbe, Losh and light, Rebbe does not hold that the tongue is one of the things that an evad goes free with, right? Basically, the question is, is a tongue considered to be an external organ or not a concerned organ? Because sometimes it's visible, sometimes it's not. So that would seem to be, Rebbe holds not, and ben holds yes. Is visible also defined if it's covered by clothes or not covered by clothes? No. Okay, cool. Now, I'm going to ask you the following contradiction. Says that if a person was sprinkling, all right, now we know when you sprinkle, in order to purify the person, it's clear for the psukim, it has to touch an external part of the person. To touch an external part of the person, any part, the sprinkling is effective, right? But what happens if he sprinkled and it landed on his mouth? Cohen sprinkle land on the mouth of the person who had become who was common makes so it says Nitzah Hazo Alpiv Revi Omer Hizo Revi says that is a good sprinkling Hizo Now L'choro what does it mean on his mouth? The like Gemara assumes right now it can't be the outside part of the mouth or the lips because chora that clearly is external right. so what must it be referring to the there's a locus? must be what? Tongue the tongue. So therefore, so my love Allah Shono. And therefore it would come out. And Rebbe said it is considered to be a good sprinkling. Then obviously what does Rebbe consider a tongue to be an external organ? So if Rebbe considers a tongue to be an external organ, then why does Rebbe seem to argue with Ben Azai that if the, the master cuts off the tongue, that the ever would not go free? That's the line of reasoning here. Moses loy, Rebbe was not talking about the tongue. Could be the tongue, revi holes, as an internal organ, which fits what we learned before about the twenty-four A that ever goes free. So what's the what's the machlokus over here? It's Al Swasab, it's talking about on the lips. So what it says Al shita the khorah on the lips, it's Pasha that the lips should be considered to be external, and and the Mephoshim speak out, and even more. And then why would the Chachamim disagree? Because the Chachamim said, sprinkling on the mouth is not considered Biazov. And if he's talking about the lips, why would they consider that not to be considered a good sprinkling? So says is like this. Because <clears> Ma'odah you might have thought, because Zimna Sometimes when a person purses his lips, he clamps them down very tightly, so most of the lip actually, where does it end up? Sorry internally within the mouth so you could argue that maybe lips are not to be viewed as external organs so Kamash Malan, that's what Rebbe holds. It is considered external. And now we also understand the Chachavim, and they hold that since when you purse your lips, it goes inside, it's considered to be an internal, not an external organ. Therefore, they hold that it's not considered to be a good Hazor. But concerning the, lip, the the tongue, it could be that Rebbe considered the tongue internal and is not considered to be external. Because when it says sprinkling here on the mouth, it doesn't mean on the tongue. It means on the lips. That's the way we have deflected the question. But says, well, the problem is like this. There's another version of the b'risa that doesn't say that if he sprinkled on the mouth. There it actually says if he's sprinkled on the tongue. It actually uses the word. So, first of all, there's one b'risa that says explicitly that if you sprinkled on the tongue, Rebbe says it's considered to be a good sprinkling. The rachamim say that it's not. But what do you see that Rebbe clearly holds that what's the status of a tongue? vis-a-vis at least the sprinkling is considered to be an external organ so if it's considered to be an external organ then the chorus should be considered to be an ex- by the cutting of the tongue for it ever goes to be as well For oh tanya and furthermore we learned that this, this 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 is a i believe it's a mishnah concerning uh the, the what's that Braise. it's So concerning the uh, it's in the sets concerning the the different disqualifications of, of of what uh makes a is considered a mum by a Bechor, by an animal's Bechor. So it says over there eh, that the Shenitel Rov HaLoshon, that if most of its tongue was cut off, that turns the animal, a Bechor, into a Mum. It cannot be brought in the base of mikdash as an offering and the Kohen actually is allowed to use it himself. That's what it's referring to over there. And comes along Rabbi, Rebbe, and Rebbe says that when is it considered to be a Mum, that if it's Rov HaMedabr it's the majority of the part of the tongue that is needed when it speaks. The Rashi points out, but animals don't speak. But it means the part of the tongue by a corollary to a human being, when a human being speaks, which is the part closer to the tip of the tongue, that's the part that's needed to formulate, articulate the words. So if that, the majority of that part of the tongue is cut off, it turns a Bechor into a Baal mum. But what do you see is that a, uh, the tongue at least concerning mumim, is considered to be an external organ because it's only considered a mumim if it's a damage to an external organ. So therefore, Rebbe Shita himself, is the tongue, is considered external. So circle back. So first of all, very considered for sprinkling, it's considered external. We have a confession rising. Second of all, for mumim of an animal, it's considered. So why doesn't Rebbe include in the list he only says castration is considered additional to the 24. Why does he not add the tongue as well? That's the most problem. So Ella says Dengmara like this. What you have to say is when Rebbe said that castration is also a form of that the eva goes free because it's considered to be a, the testicles are considered an external organ. He didn't mean only he means for sure, for sure the tongue because the tongue at least is visible whereas the testicles are not visible they're in the scrotum he means even the testicles that's how you have to understand it so el Revi omer sir omer sirus below and all the more so for sure lashon and then ben azay comes along and when he says now i hold tongue what is ben azay then saying Tongue specifically. And not the, and not the testicles. That's I have to understand. Ben-Azai, Lashon, lo. So, Moisés like, it's the only problem you're going to have. But ben said, Af. He said, Af, Even the tongue. Even seems to be that what is he doing? He's adding. Right. And you're telling me now that he's actually saying less than what Rebbe said. Work. So, why does he use the word off? So, Moisés says, what you have to say is when he said Af, he wasn't adding to what Rebbe was saying. Remember, we had the original list of twenty-four, and he's done. Six. And he's like, I'm adding up to the twenty-four, the tongue. But he's not saying he's, he's disagreeing with Rebbe. Rebbe said I hold uh, uh, that that castration, even castration, and for sure tongue. Benaza's coming and say only tongue. But the reason why it's serious, he writes the word even because he's adding it to the original list of twenty-four. So my av akamai it's going on the original list. So when it says it like this, but then the order of the way the Tana recorded it is difficult to understand because the, then what, would, the, what would, have made, would have made the most sense? The original Tana writes twenty-four. Then you should say, "Then as I say, I add to the twenty-four, even the tongue, and then bring down Rebbi and says, and I add testicles. even the testicles. That would have been the right way. Why do you bring down Rebi? Who you hold is being more inclusive, and only then bring down Azai, who's actually being less inclusive. Yes, he's adding more to the original list, but he's adding less to Rebbe. So why are you bringing him down after Rebbe? Right? So Iachi. Yeah. So if so, Nikadna or Nikdema, Nikdema, the Ben-Azai Baratha, you should include ben Azai first, right. and then only Ahead bring of, down what? Ahead of Rebbe. Ahead of Rebbe. So to says something here which is it is. Uh, pedagogically a very important Yeso. What I was going to say is like this. The Tana who taught this brisa, the author of the brisa, originally heard the 24. And on that 24 he heard that Rebbe commented castration. And that's the way he originally taught it to Talmidim. He taught it to Talmidim these are 24 and Rebbe added castration. And it could be and Rebbe meant not only castration but even the tongue. Then, only then, he found out there's another opinion. There's an opinion of Ben-Azai. Now when he went now to incorporate this in the corpus of Bryce's, that what you teach the students, he didn't want to add it before Rebbe because that would confuse them. They already memorized the way they already memorized it was the 24 and then Rebbe. So what he did is he added it after Rebbi. He didn't add it before Rebbe because adding before Rebbi would confuse the students because they already had memorized that what comes after the uh, Tanakama. Tana Kama Rebbe and therefore he didn't know how to confuse them. That's why it was done that way. So when it says Tana shama Rebbe, the Tana first heard Rebbi commenting on the original 24. But Kava, and that's how he established it, that's how they memorized it. V'shamra, the drum Ben-Azai, and only later did he then hear the position of Ben-Azai, V'tani, and then he taught it. But But the original teaching of the Tanoik, those Brysah, he didn't want to mess with it, he kept it the way it originally was in order that people should not get confused. Now, what we want to circling back over here is we brought down a machlokus where the sprinkling on the tongue is considered to be, because we said it's, uh, it's going on the tongue, is considered to be a, a, a sprinkling. Is it considered to be external or not? Right? So now it says it more like this. So amar Ula, Hakol Ma'idim. Uh, that Belasho, concerning the person's tongue, the Indian concerning transmission of tumor, that if a person comes into contact, let's say, with a Sheritz, so does that make him Tome? Now, there is a specific... Drosha that teaches is transmission of Tumma is only on the external part of the body and not on the internal. Tumma's base historian, something somehow touches the person on the inside does not make the person tummy. It has to be on the external part. So concerning transmission of Tumma, right, contact, contact of Tumma. Everyone agrees that if a charitz, let's say, touches your tongue... You don't become Tome. You do become Tome. So, tongue is considered external, legave transmission of Tumma. That is not a Shaila. There's no machlokus over there. So, I call Maiden the Inyah, the the Indian Tumma, the Golui who So shares. That's considered to be exposed, it's an exposed organ when it comes to becoming Tomek uh, from transmission from the my My timer, what's the proof for that? What's the reason? He says like this, because the Pasek says, this is a very difficult Pasek. The Pasek says, it's talking about zov. zav is a person that's a very high level tumor. He's had certain type of flow from his body that makes him zav twice or three times that he has it, right? And it says the Kol Bo azov any person or item that the zav touches and he had not washed his hands in water, right? The, so uh, the, the the person will become Tommy until the evening. Now the problem over here is, what do you mean that it's a problem because the zav never washed his hands in water? A zav, washing good. his hands in water is not going to do it. What he has to do is... He has to go to the mikvah. So, what are you talking about? And his hands were not what? So, the Gemara learns. We're not going to get into all the implications and intricacies of this Grosha, but the Gemara is what is he talking about hands for? Because it's telling you that transmission of tummug that comes through contact, i.e., like a sheret, or in the case of a zav touching, has to be something that's considered contact just as hands. Anything that the hands touch. Is considered to be contact because the hands considered something that people touch with. So therefore, that includes the tongue because a tongue also is an organ that people touch with. People feel things with their tongue, and therefore, just as hands is transmission of tumor can happen, so to the tongue transmission of tumor can happen. So therefore, it says, "Asher Yigabu." So, Amrachman, Akodes is telling us that uh, anything that is considered to be a negia, a contact. Behind Ami the tongue is also considered a organ that is used for touching or for contact. Now, so therefore, when it comes to if a tumah is transmitted through the tongue, everybody agrees that's considered touching. So, for the laws of tumah, we view it as external transmission. No argument about that. Also, the Indian are going to the mikvah, we know when a when a woman goes to the mikvah, a man has to go to the mikvah. The body has to touch the the water has to be uh the body has to be immersed in any external part of the uh of the person so what about inside his mouth what about the tongue because it's like this concerning it's considered to be an internal organ which means that what so technically if the water doesn't get on the person's tongue would not be considered a problem. My time, what's the reason like that? Because there the Torah says, The part that is to be immersed is your flesh, your body. Now, just as your body says it has to immerse the entire body, the body is clearly something that is always external. So, therefore, things that are always considered to be external, the tongue is not always considered to be external and therefore that does not require immersion in water so therefore when it comes to transmission of tumor tongue is considered external comes to mikvah tongue is considered to be internal where do we find this machlokus? specifically by the sprinkling the sprinkling of the mechatas on the person that has to touch a part of his body that's considered to be external, there there is a machlokas. Now why? Why is there that machlokas? Everybody understand what we've set up over here. So, Only concerning sprinkling. Rebbe says, I connect or I compare sprinkling to transmission of tumma. We'll see in a moment why. And just as by transmission of tumma, what do we consider the tongue? External. Yeah, it's an external external so for sprinkling if the sprinkling only touches the tongue didn't touch any other it's considered like it touched an external part of the person and that sprinkling is considered to be what yeah I and mean. then and therefore it's considered to be purified from that act of sprinkling. And Rabbanon, they say, we concern, consider sprinkling no different than immersion. And what do we say the tongue is when it comes to immersion? Internal. Internal. So you sprinkle on someone's tongue, you have not fulfilled the requirement because it's not touching an external part of the body. Of of the and the High body. Kroak, they both argue with the interpretation of the same posture. What does the Pasek say? Now this Pasek is talking about a person that became Tameh Meis and has to go through purification, sprinkled on the third and the seventh day. So it says he has to go through a sprinkling on the third and seventh day and after the sprinkling on the third and seventh day he has to go to the mikvah. That's what the Pasek says. We're going to read inside. It says, Vihizo tar ala tame, that the tar, the Kohen, was tar will sprinkle on the Tameh, that's the person that became Tameh Meis. All right? Now, the rest of the passage says like this, very important to see the whole passage. yeah. Number three in the Torah or Shalem. These are Torah Alatame, Tameh, by on the third day, by Yom and he will become purified by Yom HaShvi'i, by is the God of, he has to wash his clothes, by Rochatz B'mayim, what does B'mayim refer to? He has to go to the mikveh, right? by and then he will be tahor by Erev, that evening, that night. So now, how does Rebbe learn the Posse? Again, learn the Posse. We're trying to say that Rebbe compares sprinkling to what? The act of becoming Tome. Right? right? So Rebbe's, he's Zohatar uh, ala Tome. The Posse mentions that the person is purified, that the person who is Tohar shall sprinkle on the person that is Tome. And he will be purified through the sprinkling. Right? Right? Now, Rebbe says that, that you see that we're talking about a tame, and you're talking about, and he will be, uh, the, the, the sprinkling. So he compares the person who's tame, which is the act of tuma becoming tomeh, to what's referred, vechito is, becoming purified through sprinkling. So he says we compare sprinkling to what? To tuma Just as tuma is only transmitted, uh, tume is transmitted, uh, uh, how would Rebbe hold, by the t- by, what do we say, by the tongue, the concerning tumor? That it's considered it's to be an external organ. So to a sprinkling, the tongue is considered to be an external organ. That's how Rebbe Darshan said. What's that? And it could become a tummy. No, well, our child is uh, not to become a tummy. And you can do sprinkling through the tongue. We said everyone holds you become tummy through the tongue. Right. The question is Rebbe holds, you can even, come, you, you can consider sprinkling on the tongue as an external organ, because he compares it to the transmission of tumor and Savar, Rabbonin says, look at the second half of the posse, the chito, and he will be, and he will be, come purified through sprinkling, by Yomashvi on the seventh day, the chiv is the god of, he'll wash his clothes, by Bamayim. Now what's the second half of the posse talking about going to the mikvah? So he considers that the chito, the purification through sprinkling, compared to what's written at the end of the posse, which is going to the mikvah. And just as we said, going to the mikvah, what's the status of the tongue? That's internal. That's an internal organ. So for sprinkling, the tongue is considered to be an internal organ. So that, that, that's what it says. So says the Gemara. Rabban, nominit Nami Nittmoyo says, why are the Rabbanin comparing the sprinkling to the second half of the pasuk, which refers to going to the mikveh? Why don't they compare it, like Rabbi said? this juxtaposes to the, the concept of Tumor that's written in the first part of the pasuk? So what it says like this is that it makes more sense logically to compare what? Transmission of tumor to sprinkling or going to the mikvah. Going to the mikvah is to purify the person. Sprinkling is to purify the person. Those are common, those have commonalities. I would rather compare sprinkling to going to the mikvah than sprinkling to how does a person become tammeh. Uh-huh. So therefore they say tahayami tahara, have a little melo. Becoming pure from becoming pure is the way you have to learn. Rebbe says, so now what about Rebbe? Rebbe, why does he say that the mechanics are that when it says and become purified through the sprinkling to the words before that that says tamei and because of that juxtaposition he compares sprinkling to transmission of tumah he says the chorer is vela. why doesn't Rebbe compare it to the end of the pasuk where there the sprinkling is compared to the end of the pasuk where the end of pasuk is referring clearly to going to the mikvah so Rebbe says well admire vela, says like this Rebbe says as follows if you look at the pasuk. The posse does mention that v'rochatz uh, b'mayim. But before it mentions v'rochatz b'mayim going to the mikveh, it talks in washing your clothes. So it says the, the clause of washing your clothes separates from the word v'chito. V'chito is purified through sprinkling. Uh-huh. V'chito, v'chir is begadah, So if those two aren't next to each other, Tom, to, he's a, tome is right next to the sprinkling, the concept of the tumba. But the mikvah, there's a clause in between of washing your clothes, and therefore I'd rather go with what is closer in terms of the juxtaposition of the person. So he says, That separates chito from going to the mikvah, the clause of that washing your clothes. So therefore... So basically, we now understand why Rebbe argues with the Chachamim. So it says like this. Concerning transmission of tumor do you become tome? If a shirt, let's say, touches your tongue? Everyone agrees? Yes, because that's considered negia, And The positive there says it has to be contact. That's considered contact, considered. Concerning mikvah, everybody holds, is that it's an internal organ. And therefore, technically, the water doesn't have to actually wash, go immerse on the tongue. Right. The argument specifically is what? The Gabe sprinkling, is sprinkling on the tongue considered sprinkling an external organ or an internal organ? And the Machlokas is, do we con- t- con- c- uh, compare sprinkling to the transmission of tumor, which is Rebbe does, or sprinkling to going to the mikvah, which is what the Chachamim do, and therefore it's considered to be an internal organ for sprinkling. Now, says but the Morabah- The like- stays intact? That's- yeah, we, we're leaving it the way it is right now, yes. Now, Morabah but- Mor has a problem. The Morabah says like this, that uh, uh, the Sava Rebbe, does Rebbe really hold the Indian tefillah concerning going to the mikvah, that uh, we're holding uh, five lines, four lines at the bottom of the What does Rebbe hold? They're going to the mikvah, ketamun that the tongue is considered an internal organ. We said, everybody agrees that means Rebbe holds that. The Chayra, we had amar and rabin said over the following ruling, amoravada, amorav Yitzchel, ma'iseh be'shiv ha'shel based Rebbe. There was a story concerning a shivka ha'knaanes, from the household of Rebbe. So Shivrakhan is as and mitzvahs like an Isha. So she was going to the mikvah. Like a woman has to go to the mikveh. The Shivraknah is going to the mikvah. Now what happens? She went to the mikveh, tavlo for also and she came up and And there was a, 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 a bone lodged between her teeth. That's why the, the minute is that women on the day that she, they go to the mikvah, they're not supposed to they're not supposed to eat meat. There is a there, there's I don't know if it's by Spartan, but the Sphardim by the Ashkenaz. Women don't eat meat because they're afraid well, that things. If let's say they go that night, so that day the they don't day. eat the whole day because they're afraid that Hatsuki. something might Hatsuki. get Hatsuki. stuck between. This refers to th- in general, or no? Well, maybe we have said it We'll look but this is a, this is one of the laws of uh, that it's applying over here. The, a bone was stuck between her teeth. Now, Rebbe said she needs to go to the mikveh again, because that is not considered to be a valid immersion. Now, the most question is like this, if Rebbe considers the tongue internal. internal, which means that the water doesn't have to immerse the tongue, then why is there a problem if there is a bone stuck between the teeth? That, that's, what, that's the most question. So Mordechai says, "How does it? You understand it?" So Mordechai says, "It's very important." You say, "Mordechai says we don't actually have to have the water go into the mouth and immerse the mouth, but what we do have to have a situation is that if the water does go into the mouth." There'll be nothing stopping it from being able to touch wherever it needs to touch inside. Which is why, by the way, they tell women before they go down, don't curse your lips. You should leave your lips a little open. That if water has to go in, then water will go in. But you shouldn't like block out the water from going. So then when Moses is like this, even though we don't actually have to have water go into the mouth and cover the tongue or the teeth, but, but it has to be in a way that it is possible for the water to enter. And therefore, if there's a bone lodged before the, between the teeth, water, even if it goes into the mouth would not be able to touch that area. And that would therefore be viewed as a chatzitzah. And that follows the ruling of Rabzeirah. This is a, a teaching that you're going to have multiple, multiple times. I believe more than 10 times in Shot. What is Rabzeirah's ruling? Rabzeirah says like this. He says that the, the, the din is that when you bring a flour offering you can't have more than 60 measures in one container so if you want to bring 61 measures you have to bring 60 in one container and one in the second container you can't put them all in one container why not He says because 61 I in one do. container it won't mix well with the oil you can't mix it well with the oil so more i asked the question is about you don't have to mix even the halacha is that even if you put it all together and you did not mix, it's still a kosher carbon. So who cares if 61 does not mix? You don't have to mix. And comes along Rab and he says the famous adage that is quoted many times in Shas, that Kol something that's fit to be able to be mixed is okay. But if it's a roi bila, meaning that if you try to mix it, you would not be able to mix it. So then it's not okay. So even though you don't have to mix the flour offering, but it has to be in a situation that if you want to mix it, you should be able to do it. Therefore you can't have more than 60 measures in one container because more than that. So similar over here is that you don't have to have the inside of the mouth, the tongue, the teeth. You don't have to have water go in. But you have to have that if water does go in, there'll be nothing blocking it from being able to be immersed. And I'll get your question in a moment. if it's fit to be mixed, then mixing will not prevent, the fact you didn't mix will not prevent it from being Yodzeh, the offering, because it could have been mixed. But if it cannot be mixed, then, then, then the fact that it wasn't mixed is a problem because technically it could not be mixed and it would not be good. Yes. But so what, what, what's the logic behind this understanding of something that, and then they compare it to mincha, I mean like flower. I there's, there's, a, there's a notion, a halachic notion, that sometimes you don't have to have something happen, but the potential to have it happen has to be able to be that. Meaning if you don't have any the potential, then it's considered to be problematic. It's not relevant at all. Meaning well, what I'm saying is, we don't require it, but right. it has to be done in such a way that water, if need be, could go ahead and do it. All right, so the more like this. This Shiloh, which we brought down originally, the original Shiloh that was asked by the Chachmei Nezunia is castration of the Eved, considered to be something that the event goes free with. And the question was, do we view the testicles as an external organ? Or because they're contained in the scrotum, therefore they're considered to be internal. That was the Shaila. Says the mark, it is a mach locus tanoin. Now this uh, uh, drusha that, is, uh, that is, is being brought over here is talking about corbonus, again, blemished animals what type of animals are you able to bring? And it's specifically referring to damage that has been done to the reproductive organ of an animal. Does it disqualify the animal from being it? So it says in there, right. ma'uch it was squashed, the kasus, or it was crushed. Right. I think Rashi learns one is with a, a an, an implement, one is by hand. All right. The nasuk the karus. Nosek means that, the, uh, that it was partially severed and Koras means it was completely severed. All right, I believe that's the right way. Yeah, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Kulan Bdeitzim, Divrei Rebbe, Rebbe Yehuda. Rebbe Yehuda learns all of those blemishes refer to the testicles, right? And, and, and how it's going to be referring to the testicles, the last two, Raji says it's referring to, I think it's called the vast deference. It's, a, it's these uh, tubes that connect the, connect the testicles to the, to the body, so they've been severed, right? The testicles are still there, but they've been severed. So either the testicles have been crushed, or squashed, or the, uh, the cords have been partially severed, or completely severed. But the uh, 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 like him this the will tell me, it's only considered a blemish, if it affects the testicles, but not if it's uh, these these damages are occurring to the actual male member itself, now that's not what we mean. Elekulan afbebeytim, Rabbi that for sure it refers to the male member, which is clearly an external organ, and therefore mumim applied to it, but it means even if it uh, applies to the testicles, even to the testicles, because the testicles are also considered to be external organs. So you see clearly, the shita is, then testicles are considered to be external. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Moroch uh, Vakossus, I'm sorry, Rabbi Lesven Yaakov Omer, Kula and Begid, he disagrees. He says, all four of these types of damages, uh, squashed, crushed, partially severed, completely severed, only aff- apply to the male member, and do not apply to the Beitzim, because he all Beitzim are considered internal, and therefore that's not considered to be a mum, then the animal could still be brought. That is his position. Now Rabbi Yossi Omer, he, like, uh, uh, he goes halfway. He says, the first two, of crushed or squashed, abhades him. He says those are considered because even if they remain in the (coughs) kits even if they remain in the scrotum, it's visible that there's been damage. But Nasud Vikarus but when the, the, uh, partially severed or completely severed, that only refers to the Gid in the Beit alone. right? He says, since we're not talking about that the, 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 the Beit were removed. Beit removed for sure be considered mum according to him. But since it's referring to the cords that attach them to the body, it's not discernible from inside that what's going on inside from the outside of the scrotum. He does not consider that to be problematic. That's only a problem by the Gid. It's not a problem by the Beit But what do you see clearly is Machlokas Tanoim, on the Shaila of whether we consider a, uh, based an sure. external internal, and that is referencing back to the Shachmei the question they asked Rav Hamnuna. Okay, gentlemen. So we started off the Massefta by how an Isha's nickness by marriage. Then we went to Evet Ivri and Amir Freya. Then the last few days we've been dealing with Evet Kanani and Ashivra Kananis. Now we're going to Behemar, and we're going to talk about Behemagasa, Behemadaka. We're going to talk about the different acquisitions that are associated with animals. Now, let me tell you, we're going to learn this whole Sugi, like Rashi, Tosef disagrees, but Rashi learns the way we're going to learn, explain it. That basically is as follows. is Kesef, giving of money, whereas we consider cash is king, and that's the optimum way of doing transactions, that's not necessarily the way Chazal viewed Kesef. Kesef really only works with Karka. You can give money and the transaction is closed when money is transferred. By evit K'nani, even though an Evid is really a metaltolin, he's a movable object, but since the Torah compares evit K'nani, macharechem to a property, so even Evet K'nani, who metaltolin, usually kesev does not work for, it will work for, because it's compared to, you can buy an Evid with, with Kesiv. But most metaltolin, Kesiv does not work. So then what do you use? Obviously, it means you owe the money. But even if you agree to pay the money, even if you gave the money, by and you need another form of acquisition to close the deal. Now, what is that form of acquisition? That's what we're going to discuss. Rashi learns Hagba is the best way to go. hagbah because hagbah works even in the domain of the seller. Right. So you don't have to wait to go outside or go into your house. Or, so therefore, Haggba is the only the only thing we're going to see, not everything can be lifted. So Rashi goes, the order is as follows. If hadba is possible, that's what you got to do, right? Now, if you can't do hakbah, Raji says the next thing is, which is best, is Mesira. Mesira is pulling. that the, not pulling, Mesira is that the owner gives you over the, the reins. Gives you over the hair of the, the mane of the animal, meaning you don't have to pull anything. It's just that act of taking over something from the owner, or he gives you permission to go and take it over. That is the act that's has right. gone. And then third in the list is meshicha, is where you don't need the owner. You obviously have to have permission, but you actually physically or verbally have to have the animal move a certain distance. All right. Now let's go through this of the Mishnah. The Hemagasa, the Hemagasa is a large domesticated animal. So what would fall under that category? Cow, Horses, cow, cows, right. cows, all right? That, so those are things that you're, so they've uh, the Messero. The Tanakama holds, all right, we're gonna see that's Reb Mea and Reb Lozer, hagba Hagbo is not an option. Why is Hagbo not an option? Can't, pick, yeah, too big can't pick it up, right? Unless you're benching uh, a thousand pounds, you're not picking up a, uh, all right, so therefore, what's best, the next best thing is Mesira, right? And, and Raji says as far why Mesira? Because, because most animals will stay with their owners. They won't come along with you. So Mashiach is going to be hard to do, according to Tanakh Therefore, Mesira, giving over the reins, that's the, that would be the most common and practical. That is Kaver the Kenyan, what's most common and practical in the item you're dealing with. So Mesira works, but not Hagba and not Mashiach. Hadako, whereas by a smaller animal, domesticated animal, that's us name a dako, what's a smaller, bad domesticated bad sheep, right. That's right, by tefillin, by the are they gassos or dachos? You ever heard that when you go by tefillin? Yeah. Do they come from an, a cow or do they come from a, like a sheep? They have to put put them together. You want to get dachos. Gassos, you don't want to get dachos. Dachos is considered not as little as, a, as, a, as straps that come from a gassus. All right, now. Sedaka, you do hagbah. That's different from which means since you are able to lift it, then that's what you should be doing. That's primarily the that is what the kenyan is. Chachamim yeah. omrim behemadaka Chachamim says like this: is that a behemadaka also hagbah is not uh, uh, a explains that a behemadaka a small animal will dig its hoofs into the ground and will not allow itself to be. Picked up. So even though physically it is easier to pick up than a behemoth god, but it does not allow itself to be picked up that way. And therefore, you can do mashikha. But the way Rashi learns, and since you can do mashikha, for sure you can do masira, Because he calls masira is even better than mashikha. So you can even do mashikha. So in the ratio, when it said Masira, Masira, yes, not Mashika. The same when it says Mashikha, that means mashikha and even masira. That's how Rashi learns Now Daraj Rav, the Kimchunya. Rav taught uh, publicly in the city of Kimchunya, Behemagasa, nicknames Behemashicha. That Behemagasa can be acquired with meshiha Now, the problem is that that's connected to our Mishnah. Right? Because what did our Mishnah say, Behemagasa? Our Mishnah said, Behemagasa is with Masirah. Right, and we said that means according to Rashi, not meshicha. So why it was Rav teaching that it could be done by meshicha? Right. So Ashkenaz Shmuel taught the Rav. So Shmuel came across the students of Rav, and Amar and he said, "Me Amar Rav, did Rav really say behemagaza niktnez by that a behemagaza can be taught with Mashikha first of all our mission doesn't say that our mission says masira and therefore masira means not mashikha and rab is learning that Behemah gasa is even is, is and furthermore masira i heard rab himself on other occasions that he taught pemesira. So So has he retracted from his position that it should be uh, that it should be uh, a Mesira, and now he wants to hold that it's mishicha. So basically, two problems. Number one, it doesn't fit on Mishnah. and number two, that's not what Rav taught in the past. So uh, so, so the students answered, "Who Actually, this is the way Rashi learns it. Rav did retract. And the reason Rav retracted is he found another Tanoic opinion that he agreed with, the Chachamim of the following b'raisa. What does it say? The sign will the B'raisa, Chachamim, Oymrim, Zuvuzu, Nikmus, that both behemagasa and behemadaka optimally should be acquired with Meshicha. Now, it doesn't I mean optimally, the way Rashi learned before I means Meshicha and even Masira means, and, 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 and not only even, and for sure, for sure Masira, but even Mashikha. That's the point it means, right? It means both of these Mashiachah. Now, Rav Shimon disagrees. He says, I hold that the optimal opinion for both is Zuva Zuva Hagbo. Both Beheh and Beheh is Hagbo. So muscular Rab Rav Yosef, ele pill, then so, what are you gonna do with an elephant according to Rav Shimon? Rav Shimon says that the choice of, that you have is Hagbo, go do, how, how are you gonna be calling a pill? A pill is an elephant. How are you going to acquire a pill with 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 uh, uh, what's his name? But he's, he's doing the extreme right because if you, you could ask the same question with an ox or a, a large cow, right? So now, so pill Rabsziman by How are you going to acquire? So I'm a lay. So the said over. Uh, Abayu. So Abaya. buyer said that you're right, a pill won't work, bad, Bob, but you have another option, you can do chalipin. Khalipin is like suder, you can do suder, they exchange it, so you can acquire it, and that, 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 that would work. Inami makoma, Or else, a way you can do is the seller could rent the property underneath, the property underneath the, the, the animal, he could rent it out to the buyer, and then the buyer could be kona it with chatzar, right? maybe Arba Kalim, he says what you can do is bring four vessels under each leg of the animal, put one vessel, right? and and, and you can do that, right? And therefore, then will be it also be like a uh, what, what would be the opinion there? It's like you put. It'd be like it be like a chotzer. It's, like, it's like your Kona in the Klee, it's like you're using the Kailin. The more says like this, but one second, now you you enter into a whole different uh open up a whole can of worms because there is a Shila where the the buyer's vessels work in the domain of the, of the seller. So if he brings his four vessels and puts one under each in, under each leg, now Rashi says it's not hakbo, because hakbo has to be at least three t'vachim off the ground, and usually vessels are not three t'vachim high. So we're not talking about hakbo. So it's Khatzer, but the kalim don't work, according to some opinions, in the property of the, the, seller. the, 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 the seller, the buyer's vessel. So Shmami no you come to teach us, kalev shalokech, that the buyer's vessels, bereshuz mocher, in the, in the domain of the seller, kona with a kona lokech, well, says no, because who says we're talking about in the domain of the seller? It can be talking about in an alley. You can do it in an alley. In an alley, you bring the four vessels. Your question just was, how are you going to sell a elephant You can sell an elephant, but it has to be in an alley, but if you're gonna use that format, you might not be able to do it in the seller's house because you're using Caleb Shilukeah. Now, inami, this goes back to, your question was how to do hagbah. You know how you can do hagbah If you bring bundles of twigs that are at least three twachim high, and you put them down on the ground, and you get the animal to stand, on those, that's considered like you did ball and that will work even in the seller's domain. So, he says law says Rashi, but it's That'll even work for Hagbah. So, explain Rav Shimon. Rav Shimon says you always have to do ball How are you going to do ball with an animal you can't pick up? You get it to go up three twachim onto the twigs. That's considered as if you did Hagbah, and that would work as well. Gentlemen, have a good day. Ugh.